racing they call it a box to wire because joaquin neiman jumped out in front and there were moments certainly in the tournament but the guy never looked back he hoists the trophy given to him by tiger woods who looked incredible by the way we'll talk about tiger maybe a little bit towards the end of the podcast second win on pga tour though for joaquin neiman i always want to call him jared neiman because i used to be a country music dj but it is joaquin neiman had a fantastic round as i said there were some moments colin morikawa was fantastic young was fantastic adam scott was sniffing around there of course justin thomas and uh victor hovland bones dk who i want to ask you about well welcome bones dk into the podcast right now you actually called a timeout an emergency press conference to talk about Hovland this week on Twitter. Had some ups and downs this week. What'd you make of it? I mean, it was a great week. I got a six for six through. Overall, our takes were on point. Um, just didn't have the right equation. And yeah, you know, we had a little emergency press conference on Victor Hovland. It was, I just felt silly. And I just wanted to put something out there for the guys. I mean, he, <laughs> it was a complete overlook. And that, you know, you, you got my rant. So that's all I need to say. We're back in Florida this week, Wild Man. Your home state. Uh, how are things going down there in Tampa? Weather is pristine. Uh, looking forward to a good week, though. I mean, I you know, this event seems to be a subpar event, no pun intended, to, uh, you know, b- based on other events on the PGA Tour. I, I feel better than I've felt in a long time with my initial takes here. So... All right, the PGA Honda Classic coming up this weekend. It is at PGA National. Like we said, we are back in Florida. And when we play PGA events in Florida, that means there is water and danger pretty much everywhere you look. And there's no exception here at PGA National. We got water on 15 holes. Of course, the famous bear trap hole, 16 through 18, which ends on a scorable par five, but it's over water, of course. So we have that to look forward to. It's a 7,200-yard par course. This is the third hardest course in difficulty, though, if you look back to the 41 events that were played in 2021. So that may be, wild man, why you don't see um, as elite a field as you normally would. In fact, we have no top 10 players in this field, seven of the top 20. But coming off a big week last week in California, the difficulty of this tournament at PGA National, what can you add to what I just said about it? Well, certainly uh, the field was a lot stronger in the past. You know, you had heavy hitters that played in this event. And it was at a different time on the schedule, too. I think it was the uh, fourth of four in the four, in the Florida swing rather than the kickoff event for the Florida swing. But, yeah, tons of water. Um, forget about bogey-free bonuses. You're not going to see probably a bogey-free round all week. Uh, this course sets up to be difficult. Tons of water. You're going to be having a lot of up and downs from over 100 yards due to that. It's going to skew your scrambling percentages. Uh, but there is a premium on, of course, keeping the ball dry off the tee. That's really your only way to have opportunities here. It's actually got two of the three uh, hardest three-hole stretches in all of golf at this course. So, um, you know, going to have to play well, going to have to uh, hit fairways, give yourself opportunities. And uh, and then finally, if you're playing showdowns or you're looking for streak opportunities, uh, the best chance to streak is starting on the back because you're getting uh, number 18 and number one, which are two of the easier holes on the course, one being a par five. So, 
Only two par fives on this course. Both reachable, though. Um, according to Osmo.com, number three is the easiest hole on this course. So you have to have birdie or better. Uh, I should say par or better on that on that hole, and you and you really want to have birdie on there. We mentioned just a moment ago, Bones, not a whole lot of big names uh, in this golf tournament. And in fact, only a few guys in this field even have like relative history here. Uh, Fleetwood, Woodland, Sungjae Im have all finished in the top 10. You got guys like Brooks Kepka, uh, Berger, Westwood. They've had a mixed bag of results here. Um, a guy like Lowry has been here, made a cut every time, but it's never finished in the top 20. So a smattering of other golfers with an interesting history here. How tough is this one to handicap for you, Bones? This one is a little tougher. Um, you know, course history is something I look at in the very beginning of the week every time just to see if anybody sticks out. What I noticed in this uh, tournament is that not many people stick out actually with tournament history. So it's not something I'm going to weigh heavy into this week. Uh, Sung JM and Tommy Fleetwood are two of the only guys I really see with stupendous uh, history here. But other than that, if you if you look at the rest of the history, it actually is super random. Like you look at Keith Mitchell, he goes miscut first, miscut. Uh, Brooks Kepka, miscut second cut. Uh, you come down here to Russell Knox, four missed cuts, and I have a good take on Russell Knox later. Um, Denny McC McCarthy, three missed cuts and a third. C.T. Pan, two missed cuts and a third. So, like, it's just totally random this week. You, you almost want your, your girlfriend or wife uh, or companion to pick your the, the players this week. I don't know what's going to happen. This one's tough. I, I got a few guys queued up, but this is going to be a risk-reward week. And that's a testament to the difficulty of this course and, and the water on this course. I mean, random bounces, you know, uh, balls that ride the edge of that water that get lucky, that are separated by a few feet. You know, that's why you're seeing all these um, rather inconsistent results here out of these individual golfers. Let's start at the top, though, because, again, not a whole lot of big names here. Uh, you know, stay in your seat when I tell you this, Bones. Sung Im is our number one golfer at $11,000 this week. That's a pretty penny for Sung Jay. We've got Louis Oosthuizen at 10-8. We've got Neiman, our past or, uh, last week's winner, I should say, at 10-6. Berger at 10-4. Kepka rounds, uh, rounds out the five-digit guys at 10-1. And Oosthuizen, if I may give you guys a quick uh, look into Twitter, is just being blown up right now on Twitter. A lot of guys like Ustazen. Let's start with him, Bones DK. How do you feel about Louie? Uh, whatever. He's Louie. I, I don't know. I mean, is he going to just come out here and win this tournament for everybody? Probably, because the chalk has been hitting like that, you know. But, I, I, you know, yeah, Louie's an okay play. I think the clear best play here is Sung JM, 11,000. Uh, has good history and really good form. That's a lot of money for Sung Jay. And then you come down and see, like, a Daniel Berger and Brooks Kepka. That is weird to see Sungjae a thousand dollars more than Brooks Kepka here with a second place on his best finish, Brooks Kepka. So, you know, this is a range I'm probably going to skip this week. Um, I see a ton of value in the nine and eight K range, but if I'm going to play someone at top, it's going to be Sungjae. Um, that's not. I'm not going to go all in on him though. No one up here. I mean, it, it's it's a weird tournament this week. It would be hard for me to sleep well at night knowing I've got Sung JM in my lineup, regardless of the course history, and leaving Brooks Kepka on the bench at $900 less. Wildman, do you have that same feeling? I, I don't know if I share the same feeling about Kepka, but, uh, but yeah, that's a lot to pay for him. I mean, he's, you know, there's a significant savings there on some guys that are very similar in terms of talent level and resume. Uh, but who stays in guys? I mean, look, we talk about him all the time. 
zero career wins on the on uh, U.S. soil. <laughs> you know, I mean, how can you argue it? Uh, we like him in those spots at tougher courses that maybe set up a little bit like this, but uh, we're getting him in that like high seven, low eight range where, you know, a third or fifth or seventh place will get it done. For this type of price, you know, a zero time U.S. soil winner, I don't know, man. Let the chalk eat it up if they want, but I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be doing it, especially because, you know, we talk about this too. Louis, that guy that, could just withdraw any day of, of any tournament, you know? Interesting take there. Well, let's jump down to the $9,000 range then. If we don't like anybody in the five-digit range, how about Fleetwood at 99, Horschel at 96. A lot of social media buzz about Horschel this uh, this week. Perhaps, is this a hometown course for him, Wildman, maybe? He's Billy Horschel, I know, he's a, I know he's a Florida guy for sure. Uh, but anyhow, he's at 9-6, Lowry's at 9-4, Norin at 9-3, Wolf at 9-2. Mitchell at 9-1, and Matt Jones, who I believe won here last year, if I'm not mistaken, or the year before, uh, rounds us out at 9,000. So, Bones, DK, you didn't like anybody in the five-digit tier. Do you like anybody at this 9,000 tier? Yeah, I mean, this is probably my favorite range here. I see a ton of value. Um, you know, you, you see Tommy Fleetwood, a third and a fourth in his two appearances here. Uh, he's in really good form as well. He's going to be tough to fade. Um, he was in my initial lineup when I first made my, my build this week, but... You know, you got a lot of water and a lot of danger. I, you know, Fleetwood, look at all these double bogeys out of him. Uh, you know, he, a lot of bogeys in pretty good form. He he scares me a little bit this week, even though I really want to play him. Uh, Shane Lowry is a great player. Billy Horschel, um, I know a lot of people are talking about him, and there's not really much to argue against him. He is trending towards a win right now. 36, 11th, 6th. It seems like he's about to pop off. But then you look at these stats over here with Billy, and it's kind of scaring me, almost setting up for a letdown, right? The chalk letdown. He's really making a lot of putts right now, not doing great on the approach. His his off the tee is pretty good. He's good around the green. I, I don't know. He, he just scares me a little bit when so many people were talking about him. It's such a high price. Um, Billy Horschel, he's going to be a tough play. One of my favorite plays uh, of the whole 9K range is Keith Mitchell. Uh, coming off, he has four top 12s in his last five events. He's a Florida guy. I think both his wins were in Florida. Good bogey avoidance over here. Keith Mitchell, 9,100, is one of my favorite plays uh, in the entire tournament. And and one more guy I want to bring up is uh, Matt Jones, right? There hasn't been a back-to-back -back winner since Jack Nicholas, 77 and 78 at this tournament. So as much as I love Jones, I mean, he doesn't need to come out and win this tournament, right? You know, it doesn't mean just because he's not going back to back, it's a bad play. I could see him doing well here. 22 birdies with 16 bogeys last week with 11 and 12 before that. Uh, so after reading a little bit more into Matt Jones, he does scare me a little bit as a fade. Um, I, I, he, I think he's a little bit of a fade for me. So Keith Mitchell is my favorite play in this range. He hit on a lot of guys there, Wild Man. Who you got? Yeah, one thing interesting about the bogeys is uh... – Sung JM is the exact opposite of that. I mean, that's where you're getting value in him, not to go backwards. But, man, he has not been making a lot of bogeys. Um, so that's something to strongly consider here. It means he's keeping it the fairway and, and, and you know, making tough putts. But, um, yeah, I like Billy Horschel a lot. I mean, the putter is not sustainable, right, to gain five strokes every time you tee it up. Uh, but, man, is he scoring a lot of DraftKings points. He is a local guy, University of Florida product. 
Um, so, you know, he's, look, he's a former FedEx champion, by the way. I mean, let's not mm -hmm. let's not look at him any differently than multi uh, multiple time winner on the PGA Tour. Absolutely, big events, playoff events, and and you know, the tour's biggest prize is in his pocket a few years back. So he's clearly a guy that can win anywhere you go. Um, I would say that Alex Norin is the high, the most overpriced golfer yeah. perhaps yeah. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> there at 9,300. Uh, that is a lot to pay for a guy that didn't do much last week um, and hasn't been hasn't been overly strong. But uh, um, I, I'd say I'd say Billy Horschel. You know, I, I like Lowry, um, but man, can he get squirrely off the tee? And and you know, it does get windy here, which probably helps him out. But water is uh, difficult for him, whereas long rough. I think would maybe not be as penal for him. So I'll pass on Lowry as well. Um, in that range, I'm going Horschel is my favorite and and uh, Fleetwood right behind him. Good stuff in the $9,000 range. We uh, dropped down one rung on the ladder to the $8,000 range. We got Pereira at 89. Patrick Reed, big name, 88. Brian Harmon at 87. Young at 86. Vegas at 85. Wise at 84. Hughes at 83. Woodland, who's got a decent history relative to the Rest of the field, he's at 82. Knox at 81, and Bazudenhut at 8,000. Bones DK, any value in the $8,000 tier? Yeah, man, you got finally Mito up there. Jeez, 8,900. I love Mito, but that's that's a big price for him. Um, you know, you got Cameron Young coming off the big big uh, storyline last week. Uh, really wanted to play him and just overthought it a little bit. Um, great guy, though. I, I like what I'm seeing out of him. My favorite play in this range is 8,700. Brian Harmon. Um, this guy is just a really good golfer. He had three top 20s in majors last year, including a 13th at the uh, Masters and a third at the Players. Um, and then you just go down to his um, stats here at the Phoenix Open last week. Gained in every category, off the tee, approach, around the green, tee to green, only lost putting by 0.5, coming off a strong finish at the Phoenix Open and had a third at the Amex this year. So clearly in decent form. I'm not looking too much into the Pebble Beach you know, that weird tournament. So I think Brian Harmon could easily win this tournament. All right. Good take there. Wild man. Anybody at the $8,000 range that you like that uh, bones DK only talked about Harmon there. Who you got, yeah, you know, I'm a Harmon guy. I mean, I can get behind that. I want to talk about Vegas. Uh, you know, this is a correlation to the Sony open in many respects. Um, also here, distance is helpful, extremely helpful, even though you have to hit it straight. Uh, so you can't just grip it and rip it. Um, distance always helps. He's a, he can be a really good player off the tee, and he's got course history here as well. He's coming in as number 27 in my model, uh, rating out pretty well in the metrics I'm looking at, like opportunities gained and things like that. Um, so I would look at Vegas. Uh, Gary Woodland, like, when I first saw Woodland at 8,200, I'm like, all day long, Woodland's my first guy in because it kind of feels like he's playing a little bit better than he is, right? And I started to dig a little deeper, and he really hasn't been doing a whole lot. Uh, he got a lot of face time there at the Waste Management, uh, I believe because he was in the featured group and was playing with Kepka. But he ended up really kind of gagging it away to miss the cut there uh, by not taking advantage down the stretch. Had a couple opportunities to make the cut, but didn't do so. Um, so Woodland, you know, flip a coin on him. Uh, Russell Knox, Rob, don't you have something important about Russell Knox? Because... He's the guy that I was talking about earlier. Like, he's been playing so well. He's always my, you know, kind of one of my last fades. 
So as soon as I get on him, it's going to be the loser dust on him, right? Well, you know, I, I, Russell Knox, I, other people were talking about him, surprisingly enough. Three straight 33rds out of him uh, with Russell Knox. But if you go over to the tournament history, he has missed the cut four out of five times here. Okay? Um, there he is. And has, his best finish is a 51st. However, career-wise at the Bear Trap, he is six under, which is the best of any tour player. So it's just not matching up. And, you know, you're talking about guys that just randomly pop up here. Almost bad history is good, and they come out and they just have a fourth or a first. This is Russell Knox time. And you see three three straight 33rds. How about a third place out of Russell Knox? Keeping those threes going. Russell Knox, third place, 8,100. Especially since today is 2-22-22. Yeah, I about that too. Tomorrow, three, well, it's Wednesday, but, you know. A once-in-a-lifetime cool. day we are living today. Wildman, who you got in the $7,000 range? I'm sorry, the $8,000 range. Yeah, yeah, Knox, uh, uh, it makes sense. I mean, seventh at the Sony Open. Uh, but the guy right below him that was also seventh at the Sony Open, who's my favorite play of the week here at 7,900, is uh, Ryan Palmer. Um, you know, has a lot of success at that course, the Sony. Wiley has a lot of success here. Um, getting a little bit older now, you know, I think he's pushing over, four, you know, mid-40s. But he's a guy, I was talking to another uh, friend of ours who has connections to the PGA Tour um, in the U.S. Open and Oakmont Country Club in Pittsburgh and things like that. And he said, you know, there's a lot of chatter in PGA Tour locker rooms that Ryan Palmer is ready to win a U.S. Open or something like that. I don't know wh where that really comes from, whether he's shaping his game like that or what. Perhaps he's just a little bit wiser now, getting into that you know mid-40s range. But uh, he's a solid player. And you've seen him well over 8,000 in much stronger fields recently. So he's a guy I love. Rob, you just talked about Knox at six under par in the bear trap in his career. Do you have a mark on what Palmer is at the bear trap in his career? I appreciate you asking, Edge, because I really wanted to bring it up. So uh, Russell Knox, you can see, has horrible history, but yet is the best on tour at the bear trap. Ryan Palmer is the worst career-wise at the bear trap, 40 over. 40 over at the Bear Trap somehow. Ryan Palmer, check it on PGATour.com. It is a real stat. And somehow he's still getting a fourth and 17th out there. This tournament just makes no sense. I don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> it's tough. It is a tough one to handicap. And it gets even tougher when you go sub 8,000. And I really believe it's going to take a, a, one or two guys out of this sub 8,000 range to win. You know, the big one here, chase the bag. So who can you fill the gaps in for us, Bones DK. I can't go over all these guys. There's a hundred of them, sub 8,000, but who do you like the most? And one guy I would like your opinion on, Ricky Fowler at 76. <laughs> Look at Ricky Fowler. First miscut, second <laughs> miscut, 65th. I mean, I'm I telling mean, you. Dude, I he's won here before. I think that is so important, though. I really do. Yeah, I mean, course history is good. He's at 7,600. Did, did, did he make the cut last week? I know he was only like 6,500, but I, I don't know. He made the cut last week. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not going to get there with Ricky Fowler. I, you know, I'm just not there. You know, you got Lucas Glover down here. I know you like uh, Wild Man. Uh, I like Grayson Sig. He, you know, the flyer of the week a couple weeks Smoke ago. Smoke if you got him. Yeah, I mean, he, he hits it well. Um Braden Steele, third and a fourth here, and a 14th with only one miscut. He is definitely a good flyer this week. He's in horrible form, but seems to pop up. 
at this tournament. Also, a good corollary course is the uh, Sony Open and has good history there. So um, you're going to want to refer to my top plays for, for my favorite plays in the 7K range. I haven't gotten here completely yet. There's Stu Sink on the Fantasy National model at 7,100. Never missed a cut, but n- uh, only one top 20 in the last five years. Uh, Wildman, who you got in this sub-8,000 range? I think I said this about Fowler on the air a year or two ago with you guys. There was like a tweet or something, Instagram, where he's, you know, he's got the Corona light popped with the lime. He's got the girl in the thong bikini laying down. Uh, Poor guy. While he mashes mashes one, you know, off of her uh, backside, if you will. And I think I said to you guys, now here's a guy that gets it, okay? Here's a guy that gets it. I got 20 million in the bank. I won the players. I'm, I'm gonna go chill. I'm gonna live it up, man. How much more money do I need? Uh, Fowler's Fowler's best days are are behind him. Wild um, man, have you ever hit a tee shot from a woman's backside before? I have. She didn't look like that. Uh, but Did you I kill have. her? <laughs> oh man, it was a wayward shot. Let's uh, let's. Hey, let's, we dumped the flyer of the week. So who can you add there, uh, sub 8,000? I know you said a couple names. You got anybody yeah. else you want to mention there? Well, the, it's the two guys sandwiching Fowler in, in DraftKings uh, pricing right now. Brendan Todd, always a guy that I like at, at courses where you need to keep it in the fairway. He's, like, for my money, the best guy when it when it is uh, uh, needed to keep it straight and out of danger. Doesn't hit it very far, but this course is a below-average type of course off the tee anyhow. So Todd's a guy I really like uh, is having an opportunity. Plays well at the Sony as well. Uh, we keep bringing that up. And then the guy right above him is Ian Poulter, making his uh, United States debut this week. Um, just always a guy that seemed to be a grinder, you know? I, I assume we're going to see a score that's not up in that 20 under par range and more where this course has, has uh, been over the last few years. Where, you know, six, seven, nine, maybe 10 under wins it. Um, he's a guy that, you know, you like if he gets his putter going, can can play well in tough spots. So I, I take a long look at Poulter here. Anybody you missed, Robbie? Yeah, so um, Poulter is a great play. I'm looking at guys that are good in the wind. Uh, Lee Westwood is one guy I did want to mention, 7,800. Um, I, I think he's a strong play this week. And how about going back to Sam Ryder, the, the ace in the hole, right? The big, big name lately. Uh, back-to-back top 25s. Um, in really good form, good bogey avoidance, had a had a top 10 here last year. So I think he is a good guy to look at as history-wise, just in decent form. I'm not all in on history, of course, this week, maybe not even at all, but uh, Sam Ryder is a, is a decent play at 7,200. All right, so when can we expect the cheat sheet on Bones DK Twitter page? Well, you know, I like to, you know, I like to promote the podcast. So I wait till Wednesday, you know, late Wednesday. I'll get it out there eventually. Sometimes I forget. Not, not gonna lie, <laughs> but I get a few. I get a few followers that, uh, you know, are, are sure to remind me every every Wednesday night. But uh, it's been going really, really well last week. Uh, this year we had a good week last week. Um, also, you know, I like to do a little more digging. You know, it's Tuesday night here uh, on the podcast, so look look at my uh, top plays Wednesday night when I finally did all my research and feel comfortable putting out those plays. Uh, wild man, just before we came on the pod, Phil Mickelson released a statement. It is lengthy. It is uh, very contrite. He uh, says that he's sorry. He's, you know, talks about personal reflection and such. He also 
um, you know, makes excuses, one or two excuses throughout the apology also. But but I am I, I thought it was a good apology. Um, what do you make of it? Do you think a guy that made $65 million last year in income really cares what anybody thinks? And do you really think that 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 he wrote that statement? There's no way. I mean, look, Phil's always been an outspoken guy. He's essentially an independent contractor of the PGA Tour and the European Tour. Um, so, he, look, he has his right to his opinion. I, I think, like, sometimes the truth hurts. And, and you know, if you're going to get offended by some foul language, uh, you know, you're going to have to get over it. If you're really offended by his stance and some of this stuff, you know, I, I guess I guess you can be if that's what you choose. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but... I think a lot of people are uh, are offended by his stance on the whole thing, but let me take it a little layer deeper. He's created quite a quite a mess for himself here because he is talking about the Saudis who kill people. They have that, that's a fact. That's true. You know, does is he worried at all about that in the back burner? Yeah, you know, I'm being serious, man. I know you guys will laugh about it, but he yeah, yeah. essentially went all the way in with these guys. And the other thing that I think is really burnt Phil here, more than more than his public image or whatever, is how quick the young guys on the PGA Tour were ready to bury him by committing their allegiances to the PGA Tour. I didn't I don't think he thought those guys disliked him perhaps as much as they disliked him on tour because it wasn't just and then DeChambeau came out I mean buried him. I mean geez, he is really really in a in quite a conundrum here the pga has to suspend him there's no it's doubt about that games you know like i said it's all fun and games until somebody's taking money out of your pocket right these young guys are trying to make a living you know nowadays you know making a million bucks a year um as a pro golfer is not that great you know i mean you have to handle your own expenses and hope that you can get sponsorships and things like that to really um, be able to focus on your game so i mean like i I do get that part of it. Um, and, you know, remember this. Phil is far from squeaky clean. True. He's been, he's been linked to insider trading. He's been linked to Billy Walters, uh, the philanthropist and professional gambler that went down. I think he might still be in prison, Billy Walters. Um, you know, so Phil has not been squeaky clean by any stretch of the imagination. I think it. you start talking about other people's money and other people's food on the table, that strikes a chord, clearly. I'm just really surprised that he went all in, and, I mean, he just got burnt, right? I mean, he went all in, and he got beat on the river. There's no doubt about that, and he's going to have a lot of repairing to do, I think. Not only, again, his public image, but his actual image amongst the players on tour. I think they're sick of his crap, and I think they. I can't believe they think he tried to pull that. You know what I mean? Or, or, or they can't believe that he tried to pull that. All right, Bones, enough of the serious stuff. Final thoughts on the Honda this week. Hey, you know, Phil, you're at a zero pretty quick, right? It happens yeah. a lot. Just to, yeah. just add him to the... He'll be back. He'll be yeah. back. But yeah, I, I mean, today, today's... Yeah, today's got to be a tough day to be Phil Mickelson. There's no doubt about it. All right, final thoughts on the Honda. Bones, no, uh, good luck, you know, this week. It's a, it's a gamble this week. I, I don't know how much of a high investment week it is for me, only because... You see how random this tournament is, but it's going to be fun to watch. I'll have money involved. I'll tell you that much. Yes, he will. And uh, so will TW Man 66. Who do you think is going to win this week, Wild Man? How about this? How about, before I give my pick to win, how about this pick for a top 10? Zach Johnson 
Two-time major winner, man. He's in he's in really good form. And he's kind of like that Brendan Todd player as well. So I would give a, a long look to uh to ZJ there. Um, but uh I want to bring something up. I want to bring something up. I feel like me and Wildman the last few weeks have been He's all about these old guys, right? There's a new wave of generation of players. Zach Johnson? You kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Just ask <laughs> Phil Nicholson about that new wave of, of players. No doubt about that. All right, boys, it's going to be a lot of fun. As, as Bones DK said, not the easiest one to handicap, but uh, the play will be awesome, and the course is awesome. The bear trap is always something fun to watch. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. For Wildman, you can follow him on Twitter, the TWMan66. For Bones DK Golf, that's his handle on Twitter and TikTok. Also, my name is Edge. Follow me at Golf Guy WV. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, tell a friend about us also. And good luck in Florida this week with the PGA Honda Classic. This is a Bones Brothers Media production.